back home. It's time for the news from Back Home magazine. This week's news is about making compost both from and for your garden. Each year, literally millions of tons of topsoil are lost to erosion and runoff into rivers and ultimately into the oceans. This loss of topsoil is directly related to the methods of agribusiness where acreage is tilled, turned, and left exposed to the winds and rains. It takes nature approximately 100 years to make one inch of true topsoil, and we're allowing it to be washed away at a far greater rate than it can be replenished. Fortunately, more and more home gardeners and farmers are learning that they can easily mimic the same topsoil-producing process that nature employs by making their own fertile, soil-enriching compost. The basics of good compost are the proper mix of green and dry plant materials, soil, oxygen, and moisture. All those green leaves, stalks, and non-edible parts of a crop are typically rich in nitrogen in a prime addition to a compost pile. Many deciduous tree leaves are a great source of carbon, especially if raked and collected dry. Most table scraps, like eggshells or leftovers from cooking fruits and vegetables, can be added to a compost pile. However, meats, whether raw or cooked, don't do too well in a compost pile. Soil is added because most soils contain the microorganisms that actually do the work of breaking down the organic matter. These microorganisms are called aerobic because they require oxygen to live and multiply. This is why it's so important to regularly turn and aerate a compost pile in addition to wanting the materials to be evenly distributed as they break down. If your soil is poor in the proper organisms or you want a fast start to your compost pile, it's possible to add bioactivators, a granular mixture made from the concentrated bacteria. Once your compost gets started, regularly lifting and turning the pile with a garden fork is generally enough to keep the oxygen levels at the right point. Finally, the last critical component is enough moisture for the compost to keep working. In a summer where everything is pretty much bone dry, most compost piles will need some extra watering. During rainy periods, it might be necessary to cover a pile just to keep it from getting waterlogged, because too much water will also bring the aerobic decomposition to a halt. Compost piles that develop a foul odor are nearly always lacking enough oxygen. As a result, anaerobic bacteria, ones that live in the absence of air, take over. One major byproduct of anaerobic bacteria is methane gas, and it's the methane and other byproducts that cause the odor. But a healthy compost pile has a sweet earthen smell, and the compost is a rich, black, crumbly, nutrient-laden fertilizer. The final results will take close to a year, but planning ahead is the sign of a good farmer and high-quality, made-in-your-garden organic fertilizer that doesn't cost a penny is a lot better than fossil fuel fertilizers that can get quite expensive. More information on composting is available from Back Home Magazine.
Our phone number is 800-992-2546, or we're on the web at backhomemagazine.com. News from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW, Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. The drum started right there, as I said, as we know it. As we know it. Do, 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 do. Bring back the... I, I lost my place, though. Let's bring back the circle again. So let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends. Circle of family. The c- circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we have a happening town because, guess what? People sent us the happenings this week. Oh, yes, they did. They sent them in force. So. Sometimes they forget. So, the first thing tonight... Yes, tonight, at uh, we have the Free Film Friday. That's tonight at 7 p.m. at the Bing Muddy IMC, 214 North Washington, Carbondale. Tonight's film is called Loose Change. This is a documentary about September 11th and questions and flaws and uncertainties in the official story. It has interviews, it has uh, discusses various forms of evidence, and that's tonight at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy IMC. I'm looking forward to it. Now, Free Film Fridays, I'm getting good at saying that. Free yes, Film Fridays is, of course, free. And uh, it's films. And it's on Friday. But just like this movie, Loose Change, bring your loose change, because there is a... And if you have any extra valuable lint, that is acceptable, too. Yes. To try to do this in chronological order, um, today, Friday, March 24th at 7 p.m. in Lawson 141, there is a multimedia presentation on the Shawnee National Forest by the people who have lived the story. This is the campaign for the Shawnee. This is very interesting. It's essentially the history, but with the people who were involved with it talking about it. Yeah. So that makes it very much more personal. This is co-sponsored by the Student Environmental Center, and this is partially, um, this is part of the conference for the Illinois Green Party Spring Meeting, which um, starts today and runs through Sunday in Lawson Hall here at Southern Illinois University at Carbondale. Yeah, it promises to be a really good event. I Wish I could make it to that one. It's it's hard to be in two places simultaneously, though. But hopefully someone will audio tape it or videotape it. And hopefully you who are listening will go to it and see it and let us know how it goes. I would like to go to it. I'm trying to debate whether I should go to that or the Bombs Away Collective is at the exact same time at Long Branch. <laughs> Did you ever get the chance to see the Bombs Away Collective? No, I haven't. I've heard of them, though. Yeah, they do well. Every type of performance art you can possibly think of, um, talking about patriarchy and war and 
just interesting stuff that people don't really talk about. Yeah. And they talk about it in a fun, satirical, and sometimes serious, but definitely thought-provoking way. Yeah, so. so so basically tonight at 7 p.m., the a portal opens up into a, a different radical reality, and you can either go to... Uh, to Lawson or the Big Money IMC or the Long Range. <laughs> <laughs> you can take your pick. So let's see. In other happenings related to the earlier one on Saturday, uh, tomorrow morning, from starting tomorrow morning from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Lawson Hall, they're having more of the events from this Illinois Green Party spring meeting. Well, this is the actual meeting of the Green Party of Illinois. Yeah. They are going to have the people who are running for, you know, some of the candidates, like for governor and I think lieutenant governor and our state representative. Yeah. So, but there are, um, well, go ahead. Yeah, they're going to have 9 to 10 is a general session, and 10 to 11.30 they're going to have, you know, two, two simultaneous things, it looks like, the... Rich Whitney and Karen Young talking, and Dana Connor talking about permaculture. Then from 1 to 2.20, they'll have workshops on media and on leaving no trace. And 2.30 to 3.50, they're having petition drives. And 4 to 5, they're having information on fundraising and sustainable energy. Someone I know is going to be there discussing sustainable energy. <laughs> I wonder who that may be. And other happenings tomorrow... The 8th Annual Nutrition 5K Run and Walk, um, and also will be a health a health fair. This is this Saturday, March 25th at Evergreen Park, the Giant Sycamore Pavilion. And so if you would like to participate in the 8th Annual Nutrition 5K Run and Walk and then and the health fair, please show up. I'm trying to see the time it starts. I guess it's... Bright and early. Yeah, I'm sure. More information is available at the neighborhood co-op. And then... Yes, and their number is 529-3533. The 2006 Annual Owners Meeting and Pre-Opening Party for anybody involved with the neighborhood co-op. Da-da-da-da. The new store at Murdell, March 25th, that's tomorrow... The meetings at seven and eight p- is the pre-opening party. So. Yeah, I haven't been over to the new store yet, but I will tomorrow because I'll be over at that and see what it all looks like. Let's see. I'm trying to see. I got one for Monday here. Monday, Monday, Monday. Carbondale Community Conversations for Community Action. I added an extra C in there. Huh. Carbondale. Conversations for Community Action. I said Carbondale Community yes. Conversations. It's You're just so fond of community that you threw in an extra one. It should have it in there. <laughs> they announced an opportunity to continue the dialogue Monday, March 27th at 7 p.m. at the New Zion Missionary Baptist Church, which is at 803 North Robert Stalls Avenue. Continue the dialogue is one of four action groups to come out of the conversations on community and police working together, bringing together Carbondale citizens and police officers. The conversations are open to any Carbondale resident. For more information, call 549-5302, extension 386. Yes, and another happening. Monday is also a big day. 
Illinois streams at risk. What Stonefly has revealed. The Shawnee Audubon Society invites everyone to their upcoming meeting at 7 p.m. on Monday, March 27th at the Carbondale Township Hall, 217 East Main Street in Carbondale. Dr. Ed DeWaltz, aquatic entomologist with the Illinois Natural History Survey, will speak about the health of Illinois streams and what the little critters that call them home can tell us. Stoneflies are very sensitive to human-caused changes in stream conditions and are used as indicators of stream health. So this is Monday, March 27th, and you can learn more about Illinois streams and the critters that that make them home. So the event is free of charge. You can check them out at shawneeautobahn.org or you can call John at 618-457-6367. And next on our list, we have two organizations that need your help and you should help. Green Earth Needs Your Help. Green Earth, a local non-for-profit land conservation group, is in the process of acquiring funds to purchase a 11.6-acre undeveloped woodlot that is adjacent to and north of their existing nature preserve located off North Oakland Avenue in Carbondale. Now, there is um, this site expansion can happen, but only with financial help from the community. Now, every dollar raised locally will see a $15 match from the Illinois Clean Energy Community Foundation, which has agreed to give Green Earth a major portion of the funds to buy the land, provided they can raise the remainder of the funds needed from the local community. So Green Earth needs to show substantial progress with fundraising within, well, this is the end of the two weeks. So for this to become a reality, the time to act is now. All donations and pledges can be sent to Green Earth, P.O. Box 441, Carbondale, Illinois, 62903-0441 and all the money goes directly to buy property yes and so now is your opportunity to make the earth a greener place and magnified by the power of 15 (laughs) sounds like a pretty good deal so in other in other news actually other news related to green space in Carbondale citizens unite to save Hickory Lodge the park district intends to sell Hickory Lodge and its grounds This gift to you, the Carbondale community, cannot be allowed to slip away. There are many ways you can help. You can contribute to the Legal Defense Fund to block the sale by visiting www.hickorylodgepark.org. You can also contribute to the tax-deductible fund to purchase the lodge and park if need be. Checks are payable to Save Hickory Lodge. You can send them to Save Hickory Lodge, P.O. Box 44, Carbondale, Illinois, 62903. And also you can support this by finding out more information and by attending the meetings to Save Hickory Lodge. They're on Saturdays at 2.30 p.m. in the back room of the Long Branch Coffee House. That's here at 100 East Jackson in Carbondale. So Saving Hickory Lodge. And a few upcoming events coming up Tuesday, April 4th at 7 p.m., political panel discussion. Join us for an evening of pioneering political discussion among several of Southern Illinois' most diverse political groups. Tentative participants include Republicans, Libertarians, Greens, and anarchist panelists. They are also looking, seeking one to two Democrats. For more information, you can contact Treesong at treesong.com. 
treesong at treesong.org. I can't believe I stumbled <laughs> on that. Or tune in to Big Muddy News Radio Wednesdays at 9 a.m. or Your Community Spirit Fridays at 10 a.m. Yes, we're still working on finalizing the exact details of which location on campus and who the participants are, but since it's coming up, we wanted to get the word out there that it's going on, Community Dialogue here in Southern Illinois. And another upcoming event, the 36th annual Earth Day is Saturday, April 22nd. Um, all the events are at Turley Park. Well, the main events are at Turley Park. If you have any Earth Day or Earth Month happenings, please email sustain at siu.edu or call 549-7387 to get it put on the Earth Month calendar. Yes. Earth Day coming up. Always a big day. Guess what? If you didn't know it already, you are listening to your community spirit. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we're going to get to some news. <laughs> Nuclear power. We hear so much about it. Illinois nuke, pow- uh, nuke power operator criticized for leaks and incidents. Quantity doesn't equal quality with the Chicago-based Exelon Corporation, which runs all six nuclear plants and 11 nuclear reactors in Illinois. There were at least four, quote, incidents Incidents. at Exelon um, plants last week, including a false alarm at one generating station that initiated the first state area emergency at a U.S. nuclear plant in 15 years. Um, just to let you know, I'm proud to say I live in the state with the most nuclear power plants. Um, these come on the heels of disclosures that there were eight re- radioactive leaks and spills at Exelon plants since 1996 that went unreported to the public. One spill of roughly 3 million gallons of titan-laced water in 98 went completely clean, wasn't completely cleaned up eight years later. Senator Barack Obama, Democrat of Illinois, plans to introduce legislation requiring nuclear facilities to notify state and local officials of unintended or accidental radioactive leaks or face possible loss of their operating license. They don't already have, they're not, they don't have to report to the public that there's a nuclear spill. Oh, I guess not. 
that there's a radioactive... Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I have just came across something that really pisses me off. Yes. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Straight to the source, Chicago Tribune, the 25th of February, time.com, Morris Daily Herald, both the 23rd of February, 2006. Yes. Well, where else would we get our uh, three-eyed blinking fish and radioactive Spider-Man from? Don't make it funny. <laughs> It's not funny. They're spilling nuclear waste and not telling anybody. Well, not nuclear waste. Yeah. What do they call it? They've had four incidents in one week. Okay. Yeah, four incidents. And by incident, they mean something very bad. <laughs> they mean, oops, my toe grew. Yes. So in other, other, other news related to nukes, actually. It's, it's exactly the same story. Yeah. If at first you don't succeed, try TM again. What's tritium? Well, oh. I guess we'll learn. Yeah, we'll learn. Illinois nuke plant operator sued for tritium spills that it tried to hide. Boy, we can't wait for that safe, clean nuclear power that President Bush is always talking about. Because the stuff we have now is kind of nasty. The Braidwood Nuclear Power Plant in Illinois, owned by Exelon Corporation, has been leaking millions of gallons of water laced with radioactive tritium and working overtime to cover it up. The fallout... Haha, the fallout from this... <laughs> last week, the state attorney general and the attorney for Will County filed suit against Exelon, as did a number of nearby homeowners. After people living near the plant pressured the Illinois EPA to get Exelon to test for contamination, the company finally revealed information about four tritium spills at Braidwood between 1996 in 2003. During that time, it had opposed public discussion about tritium, as well as legislation that would require groundwater monitoring near nuke plants. There was another spill at Braidwood early last week, and tritium leaks have also been found at two other Exelon plants. The mismanagement revelations come just as the nuke industry tries to drum up public support for a new generation of nuke plants. Oh, that's awkward. Straight to the source, Chicago Sun-Times, New York Times, 17th of March, 2006. I just like this headline. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is scared. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is scared. U.S. insurers wake up to the financial risks of global warming. Okay. Pound a shot of espresso so you can stay awake for this story because it matters. Last week, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, umbrella group of state insurance officials, hey, hey, come back, come back, come back, listen, listen. <laughs> they voted anonymously to assess the potential impact of global warming on the insurance industry and its customers, i.e., all of us. Well, at least most of us. <laughs> In the wake of almost $100 billion in hurricane-related losses in the past two years, U.S. insurers are finally waking up to what European counterparts like Munich Re have known for years. Growing climate instability seriously threatens the industry's financials. If you're wondering what that means to you, consider the tens of thousands of policyholders in New York who got notices last week that all state will not be renewing policy in policies in areas vulnerable to hurricanes. Some will lose their coverage as soon as May. At that point, the subject of insurance will no longer bore them at all. 
Now that have bored you with this story, like a good neighbor, State Farm is scared. Straight to the source, Inner Press Service News, the 14th of March, the Global Gazette, 13th of March, and the New York Times, the 10th of March, 2006. Yes, and here's actually another story related to hurricanes. Uh, yeah, right, and Greenland is melting. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Greenland melting, you know. Well, Greenland... Sure. Actually, Greenland has all the ice. Yeah, Greenland has all the ice. Iceland is greener. Oh, so that does make sense. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking that was being funny. Because yeah. Greenland has a little bit of green, and Iceland has a little bit of ice. Yeah. There you go. That's how I remember it. So, so let's joke. Ha ha, Greenland is melting. <laughs> Study confirms that rising ocean temperatures means more intense hurricanes. A major new study in Science, that's the magazine Science, confirms the findings of previous studies. Rising ocean temperatures are the primary factor behind stronger, more intense hurricanes in the last few decades. Since 1970, global sea surface temperatures have risen by one degree Fahrenheit, while the yearly number of Category 4 or 5 hurricanes has doubled. The new study also posits that higher temperatures may lead to a greater number of hurricanes in the North Atlantic Basin. Of course, this being a climate change-related study, there is controversy. Skeptics cite other natural phenomena, like decreased wind shear, as factors behind stronger hurricane. The study doesn't address why the temperature of the ocean is rising in the first place. We have a little fringe theory about greenhouse gases, but we'll see how that plays out. Straight to the source, National Geographic, The Guardian, and The Wall Street Journal, 17th of March, 2006. The sound of one species clapping. Humans responsible for the fastest rate of extinction since dinosaurs. Da, da, da. Human beings continue to dominate survivor Earth, voting other species off the island at a blistering pace. <laughs> Quote, in effect, we are currently responsible for the sixth major extinction event in the history of Earth and the greatest since the dinosaurs disappeared 65 million years ago, sums up the new UN Global Biodiversity Outlook report. A global goal to significantly reduce biodiversity loss by 2010 appears to be, shall we say, not on track. The current extinction rate is 100,000 fa times faster than historical rates of loss. The report urged unprecedented additional efforts to reduce loss. Presumably, this cosmically depressing news will produce fodder for lively conversation among the 6,000 representatives from the more than 190 countries currently gathering in Brazil at a meeting of the UN Convention on Biological Diversity. Outwit, outplay, outlast, fellas. <laughs> Straight to the source, Reuters, uh, BBC News, Agency Brazil, the 20th of March, 2006. So, yes, biodiversity going down a little bit. But, but hey, hopefully, hopefully we can turn that around. So, in other news, the Humpty Dance. Bush attempts to weaken Clean Air Act are illegal, the courts rule. So we brought you some good news, I guess, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Americans who breathe scored a big... <laughs> what? <laughs> Americans who breathe scored a big victory on Friday. Yes! <laughs> yes. I'm a part of that constituency. 
when a federal appeals court declared illegal the Bush administration's long-running effort to undermine pollution rules for coal-fired power plants and other pollution-belching industrial facilities. Judge Judith Rogers, writing for the court, castigated from the requirement that they... Uh, no, excuse me, castigated the U.S. EPA for trying to redefine the language in the Clean Air Act to selectively exclude many facilities from the requirement that they install new air pollution controls when making significant upgrades. Quote, the EPA's approach would ostensibly require that the definition of modification <laughs> include a phrase such as, regardless of size, cost, frequency, effect, or other distinguishing characteristics, Rogers wrote. Only in a Humpty Dumpty world would Congress be required to use superfluous words while an agency could ignore an expansive word that Congress did use. We declined to adopt such a worldview. <laughs> Environmentalists and the 14 states that brought the case hailed the decision. No word yet on whether or not the EPA will appeal. Straight to the source, the Washington Post, and the New York Times, 18th of March, 2006. So no gutting of the Clean Air Act today. And a reminder, the Illinois Green Party Spring Meeting will be today, starting today, Friday, March 24th, 7 p.m. in Lawson, 141. The campaign for the Shawnee, a multimedia presentation on the Shawnee National Forest by the people who have lived the story. For more information about the Illinois Green Party Spring Meeting, go to shawneegreenparty.org or call 549-1409. And then tomorrow, um, Saturday at 6 p.m., there will be a social hour, and you get to meet the whole range of candidates. Uh, Rich Whitney for governor, Julie Samuels for lieutenant governor, Karen Young for secretary of state, David Black for attorney general, David Rodriguez Shorloff for treasurer, and Alicia Snyder for comptroller. Um, you ha this is at Hunan. You do have to make reservations for dinner if you're going to stay after the social hour. Uh, reservations call 549-5230. Yes, should be a really good show. <laughs> this has been another exciting, well, okay, and informative, yes, half hour of your community spirit. See you out on the town. Yep, see you there. What is a naturalist? A naturalist is someone who looks at a tree and thinks of soil. A naturalist is someone who gazes at a mountain and sees a growing delta. A naturalist is someone who peers into a deep, clear spring and imagines cold, dark caverns. A naturalist is someone who gauges the seasons by the fading of the flowers and the arrival of geese. A naturalist absorbs, experiences, shares, perceives, dreams, and imagines along every step of the trail. A naturalist knows and doesn't know, sees and doesn't see, but always with a sense of wonder.